0: So what are we going to review tomorrow night's brain? The same thing we review every night's pinky. Tomorrow nights. (laughs) Welcome back to System Mastery. I'm your host, Jeff, joined as always by my co-host, John, who is also your host. John, how are you? I am so good. I uh, I thought I was getting actually very sick over the whole holiday break. Mm-hmm. Turns out, just a little nasal thing, nothing happened terrible. I got mm-hmm. a bit of a cough, didn't get super sick. It may have just been allergies, but I love it. I didn't get horrible sick. Not too much spilkus. No, that's the problem with me, is when I get sick, I get fucking sick yeah you do you tend to collapse and vanish for about a week yeah it'd be real shit help if you had some like health insurance or something yeah that'd be great (laughs) i do i just got some oh nice yeah right what what was that your christmas present (laughs) no i had to buy it myself (laughs) (laughs) i don't know how long it's gonna last i bought it on the uh, covered california exchanges there you go yeah so uh so let's see what are we gonna review tonight john uh it's time for tomorrow nights. no let's do that tomorrow night yeah no, but what's today, Nights? Well, we're going to review <laughs> Tomorrow Nights. Who's on First Nights? <laughs> so, we are reviewing the Tomorrow Nights RPG, based on your favorite comic book from 1990 or so. Yeah, based on your favorite old-ass 90s comic book that was set in the far-off distant future of the year. 2022. Think, well, this one is, the they had to shove the timeline up, because oh. the original one was like, Two thousand twelve. Set in the far off year of twenty twelve. Yeah, so they had to shove the timeline up ten years when they made this book because they were like, Oh, that's like a few years from now. Maybe we should <laughs> shove that back a bit. You're not even sick of that. You didn't have to cut me off song yet. <laughs> but you will be. You
1: will be.
0: <laughs> I don't know what else there was in twenty twelve that I mean, maybe not never everyone in the world thought that Robin Thick was gross. That thick we were like, We were like, ooh, that Blurred line song is fun. That's a fun song. That's, that's the anthem of the summer. That's a good time. Let's all dance to that. And then, you know, oh. Oh. oh I found out. Oh. oh And then Miley Cyrus twerked on Beetlejuice, and then everything was ruined forever. <laughs> that's right. I forgot about that. And her, like chicken gizzard hot pants yeah that was an unpleasant situation was was that around 2012 man i have no idea i I have no concept of time anymore i I, I don't know from pop culture that's the thing i can tell you a lot of stupid shit and when it happened but only in the 80s and 90s yeah i'm old enough now that i don't care about kids these days and how time moves Uh, or they're hipping or they're hopping yeah man for someone who's always been inordinately proud of knowing a ton of shit about the 80s and 90s there's nothing worse for me than that Ready Player One shit that's happening right now. Uh, there's such a split on that Ready Player One where, like, half of the people who have read it are like, Oh my god, Ready Player One's a super fun, awesome romp. I think you'll love this. You like the video games and A Child of the 80s? Yeah, I get a lot of, like, my parents are the sort of people who keep trying to give me DVDs of Big Bang Theory. Yep. Because they're like, you're a nerd, you like this. And I'm like, no, it's really poorly written. It's, <laughs> no, you don't understand. It's, I'm not going to say anything me- like stupid about it because I'm not the internet. But it, the show's not funny. I'm sorry, guys. I, I'm sorry to have to tell you. I'm sorry. I'm yeah. sorry that this is the lowest common denominator. Yeah. So, but that's that's the kind of thing I get with a Ready Player One where people are like, "Ooh, you'd like this because you know you know the robot from uh from like the Iron Giant, the Iron Giant, and and orcs." And I'm like, "Yeah, but have you ever read the book? The book is rough. <laughs> the book has a line in it that's literally this is all f- full start and stop quotes." My God, it's full of stars, I said, which was a reference from the film 2001. Yeah, good. He- here's the thing about references. People get them without you telling them what they're a reference to. That's what makes them good references. Yeah, if, if every time you make a reference, you're like, by the way, I need to give you a source on my reference, like I'm fucking Wikipedia, then you've ruined it. Yeah, Doe attribution, Homer Simpson, <laughs> The Simpsons, 1987, to present. <laughs> yeah, this not not a good thing. I do not need a bibliography for your goddamn quotes. It's so it's so poorly written. And ultimately, what it really boils down to is everyone in the world plays the same world of Warcraft game. This guy is the only one in the world with the power of poop socking. Because, like, there's a whole section where he's describing his car in the game that he plays in, and he's like, I, I got myself, after a lot of work, a DeLorean like the one from Back to the Future, and then a, a complete with a flux capacitor, and I put the logo from Jurassic Park and the logo from Ghostbusters on it, Good and God. I gave it an engine like the one in light, the Tron, so it got light cycle sparks behind it, and now I'm known throughout the galaxy as the guy who drives that DeLorean. The <laughs> guy who's just the worst. No, but here's the thing. This guy, whoever the dude who wrote this, has never touched a fucking MMO because every time you get a cool mount in an MMO, you go right back to the main town. You're like, "All right, Stormwind, here I come. Look at me, everyone. I'm on Mimiron's head. Oh, I'm in a field of Mimiron's heads." Yeah. The second you show it off, everyone else who has it is like, "Oh, hey, let me jump on that too." Yeah. Oh, look at that. Everyone has that mount. Uh, it's a it's a super rare drop, huh? Oh, turns out everyone else has no time, nothing to, but time as well. Yeah, but the thing is it's just a mishmash of dumb crap because if it would be like, oh, I showed up and I have the the car from Jurassic Park, and then I've got a little sticker that's a Mario, and I've got another little sticker, and it's a Zelda, and then I've got a, a Fux capacitor, because I don't give any. <laughs> I shaved the top off of the, uh, of the head of an 11 Funko Pop, made it all giant, and mounted a cockpit up in there. Now I ride it around like a golem. <laughs> Great, I ride around in the Statue of Liberty, which is a reference to Ghostbusters 2. Oh, 1986 is Ghostbusters 2. That's not the right year. Uh, no, not, it, it most assuredly is not, sir. Yeah, because Ghostbusters 1, I think, was 85. Yeah. So, so no, that's not the right year. Except instead of playing the song... Uh, higher and higher. higher and higher, it plays bohemian rhapsody and when my friends hear it they all sing along and clap for me <laughs> also there's a big sticker on the side and it just says nerd also once per hour the statue of liberty announces that the cake is a lie <laughs> yeah good <laughs> i i drive around in my meme mobile and <laughs> <laughs> drop the dankest memes on everyone see i, I just ride around on dat boy <laughs> oh shit what up <laughs> here come Dad boy <laughs> Let's talk Yeah. the have spent. Now that we've spent like 20 well, minutes the, fucking... The thing is, no one can force us to... We, we've passed the threshold. No one can force us to review Ready Player One. Yeah. So I wanted to get a little bit of discussion about it in somewhere. Well, I mean, the movie's not out yet. Is it in January? No, is there a chance we could be forced yeah, to watch it? Yeah, there is a chance that we will be forced to review Ready Player One. See, I thought it was a December release. Ooh. I don't know. I think it's later. Oh, well, then maybe we will have to watch it. Well, maybe. Sorry for this long preview of our of our opinions about it. <laughs> sorry about this. Re- regardless of, of whatever's opinions. in it, no one cares what's in it. It's so, just garbage. So back to what we were saying originally. Tomorrow nights is a comic book from the late '80s, early '90s. Yeah. Uh, and interestingly, the back of this book claims. No, i was saying it was the, it's. I believe it's in the prologue where it claims that the comic was revolutionary in that it's set in the near future. Yeah, they're like, oh. It's a cyberpunk noir and that's revolutionary. I'm like, "Eh, I don't know, not I, really." I feel like Shadowrun came out 3 years before this comic book did. Yeah. Like there's a lot of stuff where they're like, "Oh, Tomorrow Nights was an amazing comic book because it was gritty and yet fantastical." I'm like, "Ugh. Yeah. Oh, no, no one else has thought about j- people from Japan after a, after a major war refer- reverting to feudal-style politics." Yeah. It's, yeah, you're right. No one's ever done that. No, That's, one, no one has ever been, been so far as to do so much. Though. That's the only thing people write about Japan in the post-apocalypse. I was really sad when I went to, because that is in the book, that they're like, oh yeah, a chemical bomb got dropped on Japan, specifically Tokyo, and after that, everything reverted into feudalistic shogunate nonsense, and there's just little tiny realms controlled by their own little guy, mm-hmm. and... Uh, you've got like cyber ninjas and tech samurais and all this horrible bullshit, but I really was disappointed that when I looked to go see what was happening in, happening in England, it wasn't Templars. Yeah, no, no, no Templars crawled out of the woodwork. Instead, it's just like corporations. Well, it's because I think England didn't get hit by a bomb. I even went and checked through like Germany and shit to see if I was, see where the knights crawled back up out of the woodwork. The other thing this book doesn't do is is have the Native Americans rise back to power. No, what they did is they became uh, eco-terrorists. Yes. Or not even eco-terrorists, just terrorists. Yeah. So, okay, Tomorrow Nights is a 1990 or so comic book. Uh, the things that happen in it is that sometime in the 80s, there's a massive almost war with Russia where a couple co- uh, cities from both the United States and Russia get wiped out, but then the war sort of tapers off rapidly. They well, call the, it the 13 Hours War. Yeah, the big thing is... There was a element found in space called zionite, and uh, some fucking scientist made an alloy out of it that pretty much gave you indestructible armor. Yes. So then a Russian dude, yeah, Russians were like, "Great, we're gonna turn this into like battle pods because the first thing you do in anything is." Take armor that's indestructible and turn it into a mech, because that's oh, what yeah. we do. What you do is you take the tank and the airplane, the tried and true concepts that definitely work on all terrains and in the sky, and you replace them with a fiddly giant human shape. Which... With a guy who's just walking around on fiddly dumb robot legs that, even if he's indestructible, you could walk up to him and go, a shove, and he would just fall over. Yeah, them. because, well, I mean because gyros and so on that are necessary to keep that sort of thing upright are fragile, generally need to be exposed. I mean, I don't know why we're ripping into the mech genre now. I know. but It's it's fine. Anyway, so they were attacking, like, Iran, and Iran couldn't beat their indestructible robos, so they nuked the robos, which meant Moscow was like, fuck you, they nuked Iran, which then everyone else in the Middle, Middle East nuked everyone else. Yeah. So it's like, uh, Jerusalem and Damascus and Tehran and all of these places just got nuked, and while that was happening, everyone else decided to unload. Yeah. So like Tokyo got gassed. Mm-hmm. Fucking Native Americans went and dropped a like biochemical bomb in the middle of Manhattan. Yeah, yeah. Which is still it's still going. It's still going turning out poison. Day. They're saying that it'll, that Manhattan will be poisoned for the next seventy years. And then uh, like Washington D.C. got blown up. And then St. Petersburg got blown up. and then this all happened within a period of 13 hours, and then everyone realized this was stupid. Yeah, then they all stopped. And then a lot of the world reverted to kind of like Mad Max style survivable uh, survivability, although America doesn't appear to have changed all that terribly much. No, what happened was you get the cyberpunk thing where it's like, oh, governments were struggling to, Help with everything, so all the corporations banded together, and now you have, like, the United Corporations Corps, and they control most of the world. Yeah, so it's mostly corporations take over. The United States government is now operated out of Cheyenne Mountain in Colorado. Yeah, so you still have... Like a government for the U.S., and they haven't really technically. They are under the thumb of this corporation thing. There's little bits here and there that suggest that the world pretty much just kept ticking along as normal in the United States, plus the addition of robots and cyber technology and what have you. Because notably, like I I mean, this is just extrapolating, but there's a section in here on on uh, perks you can take and uh, drawbacks you can take in order to uh, to get perk points. One of them is uh, they're called hooks. Yep. And hooks are like story things that can affect you. And one of them is you are addicted to things. Yes, and the things you are addicted to are for uh, the easy difficulty, the rank one: cigarettes and alcohol, and then for the rank three, illegal drugs. Huh. And I was like, okay, so that means that no drug legality has changed as uh, over the course of the corporate takeover of the United States of America. Well, it didn't say that. It's just currently what is illegal. It's, it's what well, what they're saying is. They're using the the parlance to suggest to you that cigarettes and alcohol; those are legal drugs. Illegal drugs are more difficult to acquire and are uh, and therefore are more valuable as hooks. Yeah. So what they're saying is that the laws didn't really change in turn because cigarettes and alcohol are the only two options they throw you out. They don't go like also they legalized marijuana. I guess. Yeah. Well, none of I, that I happened. I don't think tomorrow nights really got into the whole. Well, here's cannabis the cannabis laws in the comic book. No, no, I know, but here's the problem. The things that, ca- that this book gets into are exactly the things that are in Tomorrow Nights and nothing else. Yes. Which is, it means that you basically can create the team from Tomorrow Nights, the comic book, and nothing else. Uh-huh. So, okay. So the United States is still kind of business as usual, but there's corporations everywhere. And then, anything that's super stereotypical that could possibly happen with corporations, did. So, for example... All the mafias were getting muscled out of business by a giant corporation company. They, so they all combined together, complete with all the Yakuza's and all the... <laughs> they are now Voltron Mafia. And the Bratvas and the and the Mexican cartels all joined together in one big old crime family called the Crime Family. Called the capos actually. But it's like, no, those guys fucking hate each other. Oh, yeah, I mean... Technically, the yakuza are their own like shogunate in oh, of course, Japan. Of course they are. I shouldn't have. I should have gone with the triads because because yeah. who, who gives a hell about chi- shit about China when you can g- jizz yourself all over writing about samurai again? Yep. So instead, the triads join up with the bratvas and the cartels and all that and form one big super crime family. I'm like, no, that doesn't that, happen. Like barely crime families that fucking are already have something in common barely get along with each other. If that, yeah, they would squabble harder in these situations. They wouldn't be like hey, I like you guys. You know, I don't speak your language or like you, but... Yeah. Uh, so basically, every, everyone bands together into the standard teams you would expect in, in a near-future post-apocalypse, or not, near post-apocalypse. Yeah. Uh, and uh, then you get to the main thrust of the comic books, which is this little group of people called Stark Weather Limited. Yeah. So... One of the main characters is fucking I forget it's like Eric Starkweather or something. Oh whatever, who gives a fuck what his first name is. He he like is the catalyst for the whole Zionite thing happening, and I guess this continuity is Lex Luthor, which is Kievan. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, who has the worst name, Kievan Carr, and it's only the only reason his name is Kievan instead of Kevin is so that at one point in the six issue comic strip that this is based on. Uh, he can be called chicken Kiev. Yeah. Because the whole point was, uh, his parents were like Russian defectors. Mm -hmm. And so they needed to give him the dumbest Russian name possible. Yeah. They're like, all right, we're going to make you Kevin, but we're going to make you Kievan. Yeah. You're Kevin. Which, and yeah, I swear it only exists so at one point Starkweather can call him Chicken Kiev. Yep. It's the only reason they gave him that name. And then his villainous cor- uh, co- corporation is called Yeah, which, I'm going to be honest, just makes me think of the short name for some kid named Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> you just, oh, it's just some Kevin. Oh, he's got his own corporation. How yeah, cute. Yeah, Kevcore. What are they? Oh, do they sell lemonade? <laughs> yeah. Oh, is it a teddy bear hospital? Kevcore. <laughs> yeah. No, it was... God, everything about the background and the names and things in this are just the worst. Well, Starkweather in particular is the fucking most annoying shit. You can you get the sense that this book was written by a 50-year-old man with with sunken cheekbones and a salt and pepper beard. <laughs> because every time we cut we we cut to one of the comic strip pages, almost 90% of them are Starkweather standing around saying something witty to a crowd of impressed young ladies. Yeah, it's it's real bad cuz Starkweather is your main character in the comic books, but he's just like I'm a grizzled old guy who's like I've seen some shit, and I'm I basically would be played by Liam Neeson. Uh, yeah, yeah, more or less. He kind of looks he has like a certain set of skills. He's got a he's got a Mister Fantastic face and beard, but you get the sense when you read the comic, it's like every time he pops up on the screen, he's just like, Hey, I've got a justifiably good reason to punch a lady in the throat. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, oh, this is self-insert shit, isn't it? Yeah, this is, this is bad. I fucking his entire team is awful, and they a lot of the perks only exist because they are people on his team. Uh, the only those are the only perks, unless they're ultra generic. Like, oh no, oh. there's a ton of perks that are just like, I have money. Yeah, I have a good weapon. But what I mean, like the ones that are like the powers and stuff. There's only two of them they are like cool experimental powers that were performed on your character. One of them is that you're part of a cloning experiment. The other is that you're an Asian demon lady with electromagnetic powers. Yeah. Wouldn't you know it, there's one clone on his team and one Asian demon lady with electromagnetic powers. And oh. I love that the, the whole backstory for her is like, oh, there was uh, some Japanese company that was making togurs. weird implants for people that gave you horns that let you control electromagnetism. Uh... No one survived this except for one little girl, and she's on this team. Anyway, you can take that as a perk. And you're like, what? Yeah. Basically, this book was the comic book tried to close the doors behind itself. Oh, yeah. It was like, hey, I'm the only surviving experiment from the cloning programs. I can be raised up from a clone in a vat, but I lose a little of my memory every time. I'm the only one there's ever been. And then meanwhile there's this Akiko lady next to him who's like I look like a Japanese demon lady and I can control electromagnetism with the metal horns in my head and I have readouts in my eyes that glow there are no there's no one else in the world like me because the corporation was shut down after I was built Then the com- then the, this game comes along and it's like uh there's more of both of them don't worry about it Yeah they were like well we have to let you have these cuz they're in the book so here you go They're prohibitively expensive as far as perk points go. Yeah, they both cost eight perk points out of 30 that you get to start the game with. Yeah, because most other perks are like one or two points. Yes. And if you want to have fucking horns that let you control electromagnetism, then that costs you eight. Now, to be fair to the game, it does come with a build-your-own-experiment perk system. Yes, Uh, which I actually really liked that way better than being like... Oh, you can be this character. Yeah, yeah. The build-your-own-perk system's great. The problem is that the perks you build are infinitesimally weak, or, or infinitely weaker than the two that actually exist. Yeah. One of them is just functional immortality, and the other one is a huge set of things that you can do that can that mess with, with uh, electromagnetism. When you build your own perk, it's like, choose a way you deal damage. Choose a weakness. This is my favorite part. It's like, you have to choose a weakness because every, every experiment comes with a weakness. What's your weakness? Is it that you fall asleep all the time? Is it is that you're easily knocked out or that you're weak to bright lights? And then you look at the only one of these that there is, the, the Akiko demon horn one, no weakness. Well, I mean the uh, the clone guy has the weakness of memory loss. He's got a, he's got his memory loss weakness, but the other one has no weakness. It's just a bunch of powers. Yes, you can either take one power and a weakness, or a bunch of powers and no weakness. Your choice. Yay! So, okay, so yeah, main character of this this book basically is this dude Starkweather. A very obvious obvi- off, older author self-insert character who goes around punching ladies and saying witty things instead of in front of sexier ladies. Yay! Uh, his sidekick, which who's described in the book more than once as his girl Friday. Huh. Every every woman in this book is a his girl Friday to someone. There's only two women. There's oh, there's three. There's the one who's the angry lesbiany pilot. Yeah. Uh, then there's a- 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 Akiko. She's his girl Friday. And then there's Ivanka Toth. Who's the bad guy's Girl Friday? Yes. But everyone's a Girl Friday because this author was 50. <laughs> uh, yeah, the uh, the actual way in which you make your character, this game doesn't have any stats. Yeah, it's statless, which is appreciable for a game from 1990. That was sort of fun. And so instead, all you have are basically skills, though they are all called traits. Mm-hmm. And... There are, in... there are quite a few of them, but the nice thing is they come in either easy or hard. Yeah, and if you have an easy rank, then you have z- a zero in that skill for free, which is, which is the average result. Yeah, so even though there are quite a few traits, I mean, not a ridiculous amount. We're talking more like 25 rather than like 97 that we get in some of these. Uh-huh. But even then, all of the easy ones you have. Yeah. So unless you really want to have something like... Oh, I've I've got to be able to do like forgery or driving is a hard skill. Uh, no, it for... isn't. Oh, it's not I'm sorry. I'm thinking of something else. No, driving's yeah. easy, uh battle armor is hard. Sure, battle armor is hard. Now, the difference between them is you start for free with all the easy skills at an average ability. If you want a hard skill, you just can't use it at all. If you if you put any one of your perk points into it, it activates, but it activates at minus 3, which is the worst you can possibly be at it. Uh, they both both easy and hard skills cost one point per one point per raise to raise the skill. Yeah. So you if can for example, up to a uh, plus five, essentially. Yeah. So for example, if you want battle armor at average, like a zero in battle armor, that will cost you, I think, four of your perk points. It's one to get it at minus three, and then three to get it to zero. Yep. Uh. So, or you could take drive and have that start at four, which is like near the human uh, limit of uh, human ability for f- the same four points. Yeah. And. Uh, the the way everything works is it's a two d six based system. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're gonna take your dice, roll it, add on any of your skills or subtract if you're using a skill where you've got a negative. Uh huh. And then there's gonna be a difficulty.
1: Yeah. Uh, the uh, average... most
0: difficulties are six or nine. If it's sort of easy or sort of difficult. Yes. And then you know it goes up and down from there. You but can... the the game also has the crit fail crit. Uh, succeed. So if you get snake eyes, no matter what your shit is, you automatically fail at it mm-hmm. and you can't spend this game's brownie points in order to save yourself. Right. You in know, fact, you lose one if you roll snake eyes. Yeah. Yeah. Rolling snake eyes is really bad, which is a bummer because, you know, that means that every character in the world, no matter how hyper competent they are, has a 1 in 36 chance of failing everything they ever do. Yep. Which is, you know, one of those things that doesn't hold up under scrutiny. No, it's just. It's just silly. Yeah, well, it's a gaming convention. It happens all the time. But Honestly, it doesn't need to. Someone invented critical f- uh, fumbles sometime around 2nd edition Dungeons and & Dragons, and then they just poisoned the well for fucking ever. Uh, uh. So, okay. Uh, you can also... You've got the, the crit success if you roll uh, boxcars is you automatically get an extra die to roll yeah. to add on to it. Yeah. Now, one thing about the buying traits uh, is you can also take some penalties in, in easy traits. So, for example, if you say, oh, my character is a terrible driver. Uh, you can take a mi- you can drop that zero to a minus one or a minus two to get a- that many points to go and spend on other things to a maximum of three. You can never get more than three points this way. Yeah, it does say it's funny because the book's got that smarmy authorial tone that you encounter in books from time to time, where it's like, you're welcome, of course, to spend or take more than minus three in potential uh, trait reductions, but you'll never receive a benefit for this. So, caveat emptor, and it's like, who are you talking to? What what player do you think is doing that? Well, it does the same thing in, we had mentioned there were the perks and then the hooks. Yeah, the hooks are complications that can show up. So, you know, like you mentioned addictions or... You have a villain or a debt or something like that. Yeah, and- like, for example, you might need to suck it in, suck it in, like you're Rin Tin Tin or Anne Boleyn. <laughs> yes, thanks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. What, what do you want to do now? Uh, so, uh, Do you want to make a desperate roo- move? There are three, three different win. ways you can get them. Minor, moderate, and major. Yeah. And if they show up and fuck with your shit, you get a certain number of... Uh, the brownie points in this game, which are seamless points, seamless points, because yeah. this has its own slang and seamless oh, is s- cool. Oh, the slang is terrible. For some reason, the slang is like basically half just stupid tech terms and then half Spanish. Yeah, for, so give it tomorrow. The ha- tomorrow nights is like Firefly in that they were like, oh yeah, everyone speaks. Half English and half a different language, but that language, no one is from that culture in our game. Exactly. There are no Latino people anywhere in this game. They don't even mention what's going on in South America in the part about the world. Yeah, there's one thing that they talk about, Brazil resists corporations. Yeah. And they're the, like, one of the few nations that isn't under the thumb of the UCC. Mm-hmm. But other than that, But Brazil just like, doesn't speak Spanish. Yeah, they're just like, hey, uh... Everyone uses Spanish language as slang. And I'm like, but that's not slang. It's not like you're using the word to mean something else. If I call someone Amigo and it is slang for friend, I'm sorry, that's not slang. Same thing for do you understand in this game, which is comprende. Yep. And they had to be like, comprende means do you understand? I was like, no, that's just what it means. Yeah, this isn't slang. You don't (laughs) understand what slang means. (laughs) Well, I mean, they kind of do because then they have all the actual slang. Oh, Where, man, that's seamless. That's that's high-tech. Seamless means awesome. High-tech means awesome. Uh, one of the words, a, a mild insult, is pud knocker, Uh which, I mean, come on, is great. It though. is a mild insult, but, you know, if we're just listing things that they saw in Beavis and Butthead that day, then how, <laughs> then where's dillweed? Come on. Come on, guys. <laughs> where's the dillweed? Where's fart knocker? What's going on? Uh, so anyway, you get- How many get- perks do I need to spend to be the great cornholio? You get those points- Whenever one of your hooks gives you a complication, and it's the same thing with the, uh, you could take negatives past what the limit is. Mm -hmm. They're like, oh, you can only get up to, I think it was like five points worth of seamless nonsense from these hooks. You can take hooks that are more than those five points worth. But they won't give you anything in a game session, even if they hinder you. It's, like, yeah, you okay. have a maximum of five of seamless points from hooks per day. Anymore, and you're out of luck, Jack. But the problem is, anymore wouldn't have been your call anyway. You could take a one-point hook that's like, I need a cigarette. And then your DM would be like, you need another cigarette. Well, I've already had five today. Yeah, you need another cigarette. You're out of luck, Jack. You well, don't no. get a seamless point. The whole... The whole thing isn't how many you get a day, it's how many you can have, period. Oh, so right. a major one is worth three if it yeah, yeah. impacts you. So you could have a major and two minor, but anything more than those hooks, and it doesn't do anything for you. All right, well, I mean, I-, I can see, but the problem is hook is a positive term in a game. Well, hook is just a way to get your character to do stuff or ways to get you into the game, and it is. It is stuff like you have to deal with this uh, guy that you hate, or you have to go pay off something. Yeah. And that's fine. Those are good. Those are good things. Making it so that you you are potentially punished for taking a lot of them is dumb. Well, yeah. The the problem is it's got that whole thing where it's like, oh, if you want to take a minor or a moderate in most of these, it's a good way to be like, yeah, uh, it'll get me involved in the game. I can get some points out of it, and it gives you a way to include my character. However, when you go to the major in any of them, it's like, oh... You have a major debt. You owe your entire life and everything you owe own to some guy, and at any moment he could come by and kill you. And you're like, ah, "Come on, man! Don't. That's not a hook. That's just bullshit." Yeah, there's a lot of things in this game that are just pointless bullshit that's been added to the book to make it more kind of badass, see me. Yeah. Uh, one of the other examples I think is in the perk in, in the section that's like actual perks for your character instead of just skills. Uh, you have the job and idly wealthy perks. Uh, which are both just ways to generate a set number amount of money per month. So for example, if you have a job at one, then you have a job that makes a certain amount of money per month, but you actually need to go do that job. If you're idly wealthy, you just get money every month, but it's less money. Yeah. Um, so you don't have to do anything for it. Um but it all plays in very closely to another system in the game, which is your standard of living. Because a lot of these older games about like modern or, or near future stories have this standard of living section where it's like for the exact amount of money you make for having a rank one job, you can afford to live like a poor person. You live in a small apartment, and you get you can eat the following foods. Oh my god! Soitrino. By the way, the going through this and going to the standard of living, uh, for a very poor, like the one step up from homeless, mm-hmm. and they were like. Oh, man, you're living in squalor, and you can barely afford anything, and everything sucks for you, and the amount that it takes is more than I have in a month? Yeah. And I was like, ha-ha! Yeah. Well, yes. It's true. Uh, they, they definitely jacked the... I think the super poor one is 1500 Yeah. Uh, So 1500 is what it takes to live like a, in, in absolute squalor. I think it's because they were assuming hyperinflation. No, man. The whole game is like, nah, it's basically today's dollars. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, the the problem with this is none of it means or does anything. There's a whole subsystem for like, oh, each month if you have enough money to live by your means then you still need to roll to see if bad luck happens and your car gets repossessed and it causes you to drop down a level. But when you read the last one, the broke, the, you're on the skids, you live on the streets, you're homeless, What it, it's just fluff. It's just like, Man, you don't know where your next meal is coming from, but every meal you get is a meal you get and you find a warm place to sleep every night somehow. And I'm like, "Okay, but what's do I get a minus 2 to hit?" Yeah, like what's I mean, I understand that if you take that, it's pretty much just you're you're going ahead and going to your gym and saying like, "Hey man, I am daring you to fuck with my life because I chose broke because it cost me no money, but I am a rank homeless man." who smells like pee, and carries around a cat. Now, are you going to fire me from the Merc company we exist in because of this? Or are you going to just let me use their locker room? Which one's it gonna be? Because this is a game of fucking chicken, because the game forgot to apply any reason for the standard of living shit to be in here. Oh yeah, because the whole thing is like, hey, uh, bathing is beyond you if you're broke, and you're like, all right, but well, I can't. Th- I can't go to the Y and yeah. take a shower. No, like- it's it's beyond. It's literally beyond your understanding. It's it's <laughs> like bathing is mixy as spitlick to you. <laughs> yeah, if you if you get water on you, it's like gremlins and just tiny you start popping out. <laughs> you don't even know what's going on. <laughs> It's just, I go into a shower and all of a sudden I start butting and just spare some change. All I need need to not hate these systems is like, when you're rich, give me something. Like, you know, this one's just like, when you're rich, you're mega rich. You have babes on your arm and you can get into the hottest nightclubs. And I'm like, I don't care. That's all descriptive. I can do that. You you can let the players describe whether they're rich or poor without codifying it if you're not going to make the codification matter. Yeah. I, I mean, like you said, there's no, you are homeless, you have a... Like minus one to toughness rolls because you aren't eating right. Yeah, or, or your teeth are falling out. So. Or your charm rolls are lower because you smell like piss. Whatever. Yeah, there's none of that. It's just it, it's just a big ol' RP system, which ultimately I would prefer to see replaced with RP. Yeah. You know, just, hey, my character's wealthy, guys. I call him the playboy, and he lives in a mansion, and he does cool mansion things. He's got a mansion and a yacht. Yeah. <laughs> he owns the biggest mansion in Mansion Land. <laughs> Shut up, kid. I'm talking about Mansion Land. <laughs> but, uh... Brack Show. Brack. That was a reference to the Brack Show. See, whereas mine was a reference to Looney Tunes. <laughs> oh boy, let's just Ready Player One the whole episode. <laughs> hey everyone, did you want a bibliography for every stupid reference we make? That's too bad, because I've forgotten where half of them come from. Oh, that's sad. <laughs> so, uh, alright. Uh, then you get into um, a couple other sections in this book that are relevant uh notably the cybernetics and the gear sections because those are really all that's left at this point this game doesn't have magic or psionics or anything no it's a it's a gritty future punk world and pretty much as soon as you have your skills and your hooks and whatnot yeah all you worry about is what weapons do i have yeah i think we could briefly talk about the subsystems of the game so you have 20 health Plus, uh, once you hit twenty health te- dam- uh, levels taken, and I think every five levels of that, you have to take a shock roll to see if you fall unconscious. Yeah, it, it works a lot like uh, any of the White Wolf systems mm-hmm. where you've got wound penalties. Yes, it's just every level is five wounds. Yeah. So you've got your minus zero five wounds. Once you once those are gone, you're at negative ones. Yeah, and then you have your uh, when you when you run out of those, you you fall unconscious and you're dying, and you can take a number of uh, damage levels equivalent to uh, each time you you uh, it's it, I think it's like each minute you go by without assistance after you drop to dying, your toughness trait drops by one, and if your toughness trait drops below negative three, your character dies. Yeah. So that's all it is for damage. The interesting thing about damage, though, is that falling in this game is is insanely uh, lethal, but nothing is more damaging in the world of the cyber future than going swimming. Yeah. Like, you know, if I get set on fire. That's a mild inconvenience for me. Yeah, you take a little bit of damage, which your armor can soak, once a minute if you're on fire. You know how when you are on fire and you just go, ow, and then a minute later you're like, oh, hey, ow, that still hurts. I forgot about the fire. I took a phone call. (laughs) I forgot I was still on fire. I shouldn't have played so much Hearthstone. I made a minute egg, and then I realized (laughs) that I was still on fire. But (laughs) So in the game, fire is like nothing. It does nothing. But man, if you go swimming, you are taking your life in your hands. So the the drowning section is one sentence long. And it just says, check every 15 seconds. Uh, it's, it make it tough to t- trait roll every 15 seconds or suffer five lethal levels of damage. And I'm like, 15 seconds from when? when? When's the start point? <laughs> no, is it the moment you stop breathing? Well, technically, it doesn't even mention water. Just every 15 oh, yeah. seconds. Just we'll every 15 seconds. Drowning. <laughs> so... So it, there's no from win point. So there's not like every character can can't even hold their breath for 15 seconds. Now keep in mind that like just me personally, I've held my breath for two minutes in the past. Yeah, uh, that's that's just because water polo, fucking. But 15 seconds is it, but is it 15 seconds from when the the uh, DM determines that you've taken a reasonable amount of time underwater and now you're drowning, or is it just from the moment you're underwater, or is it not even water based? Do <laughs> you just need to check and see if you forgot to breathe every 15 seconds? Oh yeah, everyone in this game is real dumb. And every 15 seconds, are like, oh, yeah, that's right. I got to do that. It's like they just forgot the entire first half of the drowning rules, and it turned into the most lethal thing in the game. <laughs> yeah, the fact that there is no, like, after you've been underwater for, like, a minute and a half, start to see if you can no longer hold your breath. Okay, sure. Okay, yeah. So I just wanted to put that out there and mention that this game's drowning rules are hilarious. Now, I don't know that there is, it, I think it's third edition D&D that's got the, the most broken drowning rules of all. Oh, because yeah. Because drowning can't kill you. Well, no, it can't, uh, it can save you, but you can never be saved off of it, because there are no rules to stop drowning. Oh, that's right, yeah, you can get, if you're about to die, you can instead be drowned, which resets you into a drowning state. Yeah, because if you're at negative, like, 20, drowning sets you to zero hit points. That's right, so it can save you, but there's no way to come out of it, so you're just drowning for the rest of your life. Yep. Yeah, so, but this game has a fun lethal drowning mechanic as well. Now, I did want to talk about gear in this game, and there's one thing in particular I really wanted to talk about, but to get to the basics, there's a whole section of cybernetics, there's a whole section of vehicles, and then there's a whole big section of guns and armor. Yeah. And that's pretty much the last thing you need to know in this game. Uh, What you do is you buy up wealth using the idly wealthy perks, figure out what your wealth is by multiplying it times your idle, uh, multiplying so, like 2,000 times your idly wealthy rating. You uh, get uh, several months' worth of whatever your yeah. income is, you start with You start with a ton of money, but it's also possible to start in debt, which is kind of a fun mechanic. Well, one of the hooks is debt. Yes. Um, but it's also possible to roll poorly on the roll to see how rich you are at the start of the game and start with just your one-month starting salary and also you're in debt to someone. <laughs> so there's you can accidentally find yourself in that hook. Uh, but here's the thing I really wanted to mention. Cybernetics in this game are dumb. I think because most of the cybernetics in the world of Stark Weather Limited and the Tomorrow Nights were on bad guys. Yep. You can tell because there's things like replace your hands with missile launchers. Oh yeah. All of them are like weird video game bad guy cybernetics. They're like the Reavers from the X Men. All, all of them are like, replace your arm with a knife. And you're like, why would you why why would what? who who why would someone do that? I'm I'm sorry, but what? Uh, take take your fingers off and put knives there. And I'm like what do you do then? What's the is you, you Well, just, then you're Scary Terry, bitch. Are, are you just Knife Guy now? That you, was a reference I know, to yes, Rick and Morty. That was a reference to Rick and Morty, which in itself was a reference to the Friday the 13th franchise. Nightmare on Elm Street. The Nightmare on Elm Street franchise. This joke was a reference to how Jeff can't keep the, the major horror movie franchises straight in his head. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so... But, okay, most of them are like, cut off your entire arm. Put another arm there, except it's got blades. And I, I'm like... But what can these people live? What, what's the goal here? Is it is this interchangeable? Do I have another normal arm that is, I can slot in there? Are they are, is this modular? What's what's there's nothing about it. It's just buy this. And the one I really wanted to talk about was the replace your hands with missile launchers. <laughs> because you lose both your hands and you get two hands made of missiles yes you have five fingers and each finger is a missile and you can shoot the missile fingers but you can't use them for anything else because they're missiles so you can't like eat with them or anything well i mean they're still fingers you can well no because them i I guess you could fing with them provided you don't need to do any knuckle stuff (laughs) yeah no knuckle stuff just (laughs) finging (laughs) just you can fing all you want but knuckle stuff's gonna cost you an extra 50 (laughs) (laughs) knuckle stuff 50 dollars same as in town (laughs) Oh, man. Knuckle stuff is the grossest thing we've ever come up with. Oh, man. Sonic and knuckle stuff. <laughs> Sonic and knuckles and knuckle stuff. <laughs> the last of us in knuckles and knuckle stuff. <laughs> all right. But, okay, all right. but here, okay. This is what the point I wanted to get across. Both your hands are gone. It automatically replaces both your hands with missile launchers. See? Total bad guy shit. And... Each of them does damage rating eight, so they do eight damage uh, plus whatever your accuracy roll is. Because this is one of those games you add accuracy to the roll. Well, da- yeah. Damage there's, roll. I mean, we didn't talk about damage, but basically you get shot at. If they hit, which is you know your standard opposed roll of two d six, uh huh. Then you take whatever the damage rating is. Either if it's a melee weapon plus their strength, or if it is a uh, ranged weapon. A ranged weapon. It's plus the damage the rating range of the weapon. Was yeah. Uh, and then after that, you subtract your toughness trait from the damage. Yeah, and then check any it against armor. your armor. Yeah, so damage. The damage is fairly simple in the game. It's it's a pretty simple two d six, add a stat modifier, compare it against a, a rating, take the value by which it exceeds the rating, add that to the damage number. Roll, rolling system. You've seen this game before. Uh, it's it's nothing particularly amazing. It's good for 1990. I'll be honest about that. Yeah. although the game isn't from 1990. The comic books from 1990. The games from 2005. Yes. Uh, the, I mean, the problem I mostly saw was it really makes it so that everyone should be like, oh, I dumped all of my points into toughness, mm-hmm. because it doesn't matter. It's just natural armor versus literally everything. Yeah. Nothing gets past it. So you may as well go, I put five points into toughness because it's an easy skill, and now I just always have five points of armor versus everything. But I really want to finish my missile story. So, Great. You have a missile story. Okay. So five missiles on each hand. They walk into a bar. Each one of them is single use. Once you've fired all 10 missiles, you need to buy this cybernetic upgrade again, which costs $60,000. It is $60,000 to have your hands chopped off and replaced with 10 little missiles. Okay? Uh Uh-huh. Sure. Gear section. Yes. You can buy bracelets of mini missiles. They are little bracelets that wrap around your arm, kind of like the Monarchs. By the way, that's a reference to the... (laughs) Or kind of like (laughs) uh, Black Widow. Yeah, or or Black Widow of Marvel fame. Yeah. Uh... (laughs) So you get the little wristlet mini-missile launchers. Each missile, uh, the whole set, costs $800. How much damage do the missiles do? They do do eight damage. Great. They they are the same missiles. But instead of getting ten of them, you get 16. Instead of having to replace them at $60,000, you can replace them again for $600. Ah. And you don't have to chop off your hands. Okay, but have you considered having both? (laughs) <laughs> Which point, I chop off my hands, you get 26 get missile missiles, missiles hands, yeah. and then I put missiles on my wrists, and then I'm just missile man. Yeah, you got 26 missiles you can fire, and, and ain't you grand. Or, why don't you just wear two sets of the bracelets? Put some on your friggin' legs. <laughs> oh, get some shoulder bracelets. Oh my god, can I talk for a second about Pouch Ninja in this game? Yeah, please, we didn't even talk about ninjas and tech samurai yet, and that's definitely the next thing I wanted to talk about. I just wanted to point out that this game is dumb about cybernetics versus gear, but let please, let us pr- proceed forward. So we, we already discussed uh, Starkweather and, of course, Akiko. There is, the guy who is the clone mm-hmm. is a dude who runs around wearing an outfit that is pouches. Yes, he wears a big suit of pouches. Like, he's he, like before you would look at a guy and be like, oh, he's a Liefeldian dude, you can tell, because he has, like... Bandoliers of pouches, yeah. or well, he's doing the thigh pouch. I was gonna say, Liefeld loved the upper thigh pouch, even though all of his dudes had tree trunk legs that definitely rubbed together a lot. Oh, yeah, and he has a vest made out of pouches with suspenders made out of pouches that goes around his pouch belt with thigh pouches and then like calf pouches and arm pouches. He has pouches. Everywhere. He's wearing a black leotard and a pouch outfit. Also, he's got those shoes that have the zipper for where you can keep your meat. (laughs) Yeah, you know, he's got those Hulk Hogan meat shoes. That's a reference to a Something Awful routine, I think. Uh, I mean, just... Just look at this son of a bitch. No, I know. He is just pouches from top to bottom. He's supposed to look like he's wearing, like, the samurai-style lamellar armor plates, except all the lamellar armor plates have been replaced with pouches. Oh, my God. And he fights with a bow staff, so I don't know. He's always got two hands on his weapon. What's he doing? What's it, what's in all those pouches? What is in all the pouches and all these fucking go- not even just this guy? What is in everyone's pouches? What? Yeah, no. Let's talk. What the fuck is in Cable's pouches? Have you ever seen Cable reach into a pouch? I've Take never it. seen any character reach into a pouch that isn't Batman. Batman does it. Batman usually has a little button on there and it just dispenses things too. But like. Cable, reaching two of his giant meat fingers into one of his pouches, what, what could possibly be in there that would also accommodate his stupid Liefeldian meat hands? The problem is, you look at it and you're like, oh, maybe this is supposed to be where he keeps, like, ammo, except you look at the guns they're using and you're like, oh, the clip is the size of his forearm. That doesn't fit in any pouch. This clip is the size of forearm. A terrible jo- Liefeld character. <laughs> <laughs> and He's a mutant with the power of having four arms. <laughs> Imagine if Liefeld had been the one to create the X Men in the first place. Oh man, the adventures of Wingman and Laserface. <laughs> uh, the 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 weird thing is. I, I have to assume it snacks mm-hmm. in the pouches. Like I I well I, yeah, it takes a lot of calories to keep up that ridiculous cable physique. You're definitely like off panel. Cable is reaching into his little pouches and getting bits of jerky and tater tots <laughs> and whatnot. <laughs> He's just got so much fruit leather in there. Oh my god, you guys! The amount of fruit leather he has in those pouches. I gotta eat all this fruit leather. It keeps a, it, it keeps the techno virus away from me. <laughs> You know what they say, 18 pieces of fruit leather a day keeps the virus away. That's what they say, or at least that's what the Ascotis say, when I lived in the future and was a weird future messiah. Cables is half kombucha, half cigarettes. No, wait, Deadpools, whatever. Uh. (laughs) But this guy is just wearing a suit of all pouches. One more thing I really wanted to talk about with the samurai. There are exactly 47 of them. Good. Now the reason that there's exactly 47 of them is because the the nation of Japan, when when deciding to reintroduce samurai as a technological force to the world, decided to pay homage to the legend of the 47 Ronin. This is actually in the book. Yep. So because there's a legend about 47 Ronin, this is like if we were like, all right, the United States figured out how to build Robocops. We decided to build 13 of them to represent the 13 original colonies of the United States. (laughs) Sir, can we build a lot more Robocops than that? Indeed, we could. Well, why don't we? Well, you see, it's an homage. Well, well, you see, there there was this thing that we had. And you wouldn't understand. There are only eight Jan Michael Vincents. <laughs> Well 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 you see the the problem here is uh I need these these RoboCops to be kawaii. That means cute. They have to have at least 3 Nekobe for their guns. That's a compartment. This is <laughs> this has been references to RoboCop, uh Rick and Morty and again some weird old something awful stuff. R- Ready player one. <laughs> All according to Kaikaku. <laughs> that means plan. Translator's <laughs> note. Okay, so but, okay, why is Japan limiting itself in such a stupid fashion? Why do they give a shit about the legend of the 47 Ronin again? And, and also, this is my favorite part. This is the real story. Imagine if the United States government built 13 RoboCops to represent the original 13 colonies and then those RoboCops leased themselves out to mercenary companies because that's what the samurai are doing. They don't work for the nation of Japan. The nation there of is ja- no nation of Japan. But the, but the Japanese did agree anyway to build exactly 47 samurai suits of armor. And no one has decided to be like, oh yeah, fuck that. We we're some corporation that's on Japan and we have the ability to make samurai outfits that are weird cyber tech things. Great, fuck you, we make a million. I don't care. They fuck. don't do that. Fuck there off. are exactly 47 of them. And also all 47 of them work for different companies. So whoever decided to build 47 then was like and now go free into the world. I love you. If you return to me, I know it was meant to be. Yeah, that, that is That is some straight-up dumb bullshit. It makes no fucking sense. And also, here's the difference between Samurai Armor, which there's only 47 copies of in the world because it's super restrictive and limited, and Ninja Armor, which there's millions of because there's millions of ninjas. Ready for the difference? The Ninja Armor is better. Yep. That's the difference. It has super jumps in it. It can do jumpy jumps, and it can do camouflage. The Samurai Armor can't do shit. (laughs) Oh, this fucking game. I don't know why it decided to just... Just dump as hard as possible on Japan like this. Well, it's leaning way into that feudalism shit, as if that's the coolest thing that you could possibly do with the future of Japan. Yeah, I mean, we never get that for anything else. It's it. It's not like oh well, uh, Native Americans went and blew up Manhattan, and so now America has reverted back into Wild West times, and now there's just roaming sheriffs and ghost towns. And- Judge preachers walking around carrying big crosses and you know what it's just try-gun people. America's just try-gun. W- it's worse than that. We went to Blood Meridian. <laughs> America's just Blood Meridian now. <laughs> it's all just totally body shaved John Goodmans walking around hugging S- people to death. So many John Goodmans. <laughs> so many of these Look, Johns Goodman. I mean, please tell me, John, that I'm I'm not wrong that if they ever someone ever did make Cormac McCarthy's Blood Meridian into a movie, that a shaved John Goodman needs to happen. A uh, shaved John Goodman. I mean the judge, right? Right, isn't that perfect? Yeah. Who could be a better? I mean, maybe the new, uh, like maybe Danny DeVito. <laughs> oh no, he's too little because the because the judge is fucking huge. Or, uh, or, um, you know who would work though is the new The uh, Rock. Well, no, because he's too muscly. <laughs> it's you know, it'd be Vincent D'Onofrio in his new like kingpin look. Yeah, that's true. You could do that. Yeah, he'd make a pretty good judge, just walking around about being all weird and off putting like he is. I'd be into that. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. But should someone make Blood Meridian into a movie? I think I think we can all agree the answer is no. No. Definitely yeah. not. But if they do, I should be the judge. <laughs> well, you, I am a giant fat man. Well, you have to get rid of all your. You're so hairy. Shave me down. <laughs> Grease me up, woman. <laughs> There's. You have so much fur. <laughs> I mean, you're kind of a party in the front, lawn Cheney in the back. <laughs> I mean, if I'm if I'm being if I'm being honest, and I am, and of course I am. <laughs> I would never lie about. This. I would never lie about your back hair. <laughs> That's what it says in my family crest. Yes, the Aldrich family never lies about back hair. (laughs) However you say that in Latin. (laughs) (laughs) Underneath that. Underneath, should have been in Latin, (laughs) and then underneath that, sorry. (laughs) Oh man, someone please design the Aldrich family crest for me. (laughs) Oh man, I mean, I can tell you what the John family crest is, the the Taylor family crest, but it's just back hair. (laughs) There's nothing to read. It's just a hairy shield. It looks like I'm running around with a pelt. By the way, in this game, you should name your character Harry Shield, because there's a section on how to name your character, and it's like, hey, if you give your character a name like Mildred Scumpawumps, then no one's going to care, but if you name her Veronica Sex Times, then everyone's going to remember that character. Also, can I mention, this game has a thing called sex text? Uh, That's This is kind of where I was segueing into, yeah. yeah. This game doesn't have classes, because you just build your your character out of those perks and traits. But it does have suggested classes based on the things that exist in the world of Tomorrow Nights, which include uh, battle pilots, uh, dudes who fight battle pilots, prostitutes who have super prostitute powers. Well, yeah, there's there's three different types of techs. Yeah. So you can be like, oh, I'm like a computer tech and I'm a hacker guy. Yeah, they call them observers as well. And they spend a lot of time helping the, the battle pods by being really good on computers. Yeah, but one of them is a sex tech. And it's, I'm a super sex spy, and I have the ability to control my own sex pheromones. That's right. This book has a phalene in it. Yeah, it's got a big old pile of shezores. But lest you get too excited about that, they are universally ladies. Oh, yeah. There's no rules in the game for playing as a dude sex tech. It doesn't even bring up the concept. Well, I mean, it doesn't get rid of the concept either. It just... The no, implant it, it, pre- says, it pretty much does. No, it's, the implant it, just says your pheromones go out and it persuades people. It doesn't even say opposite sex. Let me tell you, let me tell you how obvious it is that this book was written with the idea that no one would ever make a dude sex tech. One of the other nicknames for sex techs is Marlena. Do you know why it's Marlena? Because the author is fifty and he remembered Marlena Dietrich. Well, no, it's because Tomorrow Nights has it's the same thing as no, uh, Kiko a- and whatever. There is one lady yeah. who was the sex tech and so, what do you think in- she was based on, John? Oh. Marlena Dietrich. Oh, I know, but I'm saying it's not restrictive. It's just this is a thing again where like you can be part of this shadow demon thing. You're like, yeah, no, only one person was. Same thing. Only this one lady had the pheromone stuff, but you can still get it. This is basically like a cyberpunk near future version of the day by day comic strip. In terms of like, oh, I'm just some sort of wise dude with a gray beard who knows a lot about sniper rifles, and I got so much butt sex from all these subservient women I do encounter, and the non-subservient women, well, I guarantee you I give them punches directly to the throat. <laughs> Great. That's pretty much what we're encountering here. Uh, uh, indeed. Yep. The So, uh, the so sex text. The last one, by the way, is mech techs, which are humans who are very good at fighting robot suits but are not themselves wearing robot suits. Yeah, And they're... <laughs> The best mech tech is, what, is a guy named Magnus Olofsson, who who is noted as not having any cybernetics because he prefers to defeat mech techs, 23 confirmed kills so far, defeat mechs, uh, with his combination of strength, speed, and mastery of every known form of martial arts. <sighs> what does that do for you if you're like, oh, yeah, I, I'm a dude who fights robots. But luckily, I know everything about, well, let's see, Aikido. I know all the capoeira stuff. Uh, yeah, I definitely know a lot about judo wrestling. Uh, oh, absolutely, I know that that martial art that's, known, that's based on throwing credit cards. Of course I do. What, you mean the state martial arts of both China and Taiwan? Yes, I know both of those. That's extremely important for me to know all these martial arts so I could beat up robots. Yep, also, definitely. I'm glad to know that he only knows the known martial arts. Yeah, that's the, why don't we just say he knows every martial art instead of he knows every known martial art. There may be some unknown martial. Well, that arts. way you can have like I'm a secret Japan ninja with a secret martial art technique. And he's like, well, if you know it, I know it because that makes the martial art known. No, it's secret. No, he it's, doesn't. Even <laughs> the even the ninja, even the doesn't, ninja know it. doesn't know it. <laughs> he's like, I have a I have a martial art technique. No idea what it is though. <laughs> I call it what foo. <laughs> Oh, man, this... uh, this I have to fight blindfolded, so I can't see what my hands and feet are doing. (laughs) I can't know. If I ever know this martial art, then Magnus will know the martial art as well. Yeah, just a little light goes off. Ding! You have now downloaded a new martial art. Man, that is a concept I love. Now, that's going to be my character now, is a dude who fights with a martial art that he doesn't know to keep Magnus all of a sudden from knowing it. (laughs) Okay, John, what would you say... Uh, you know, if you don't mind me skipping directly to the end. Sure. By, by the way, the book ends with some adventures and some adventure hooks. I mean, that's how most of these end. Just wanted to let you know. Um, it has no rules for how to make NPCs, so presumably you're just supposed to make them as characters and call it a day. Yep. Uh, which I, I'm never a huge fan of. But moving forward, uh, what would you say is your favorite thing about Tomorrow Night? Psst. Psst. Uh, Man, I think probably my favorite thing in Tomorrow Nights is... The skill system itself, having no stats, having everything just be these skills, and you get a baseline competency in like 90% of them. In each, there's only like three categories, and in each category there's maybe two hard skills per. Mm -hmm. So no matter what, when you're spending your points and doing stuff, you're going to be at least baseline okay at things. Yeah, yeah. Because there, there are definitely games that are like, oh, we've got 90 skills and it turns out you wanted to make a botanist but your botanist doesn't know how to like drive at all or, or- chew bubblegum. gum. <laughs> Or or uh, the botany skill has such a low starting value that you feel like an idiot for choosing it if you wanted to play like if you wanted to play a botanist in Rifts and you're like, all right, I'm a level one character, I've got a moderately high IQ, I will take the botany skill. Great, you have a twenty eight percent skill chance in botany. Yeah. Oh, good. Yeah, I'm glad to know that my my professional career is less than one third of the time do I succeed at things. Yeah, and, you know, that game has no real way to decide you want to go higher in anything outside of leveling. No, you can only broaden in Palladium systems. You can't can't specialize. Yeah, so Uh, in this, the fact that you can, if you really want to uh, just be very good at certain things, but you've got a decent level of competency, there's not too many skills, and if you want, like, I actually like the you can put negatives in some of them as a flavor thing, so if you want to say, like, Oh, yeah, I am a bad driver. Like, I've got a minus one, I'm just not very good at driving. Great, that's fine. Yeah, Sure, you forget to check your blind spot, or you always leave your blinker on like some kind of asshole. <laughs> John, John's mad at me for being old and partially deaf. Just, just changing lanes and leaving that blinker on just in case. I literally can't hear it. <laughs> You should be able to remember two seconds ago when you turned it on. Based on the 10 years or so that you have known me, what part of my life leads you to believe that? (laughs) Uh, So grumpy. What part of you is still holding on to the notion that I have a short-term memory? (laughs) Uh, Hope springs eternal. (laughs) But there you go. The actual trait system in this, I think, is very well done. What would you say is your favorite thing in Tomorrow Knights? <laughs> one thing I really wanted to talk about, by the way, when we're talking about the skill system, before I get into my favorite thing, this book does the, you know, oh, if you have a minus three in this, then you're a hopeless idiot. Here's an example of how you are a hopeless idiot. If you have a five, you could be a professional powerlifter or whatever. So it's got the, the written descriptions. My favorite one of the minus threes, and we talked about this yesterday, was for Streetwise. If you have a minus three in streetwise, it says you shouldn't be heading down any blind alleys at night. Uh, my first thought was, yeah, but if you have a minus three in streetwise, you're too dumb to know that. You would definitely be heading down blind alleys at night. Don't well, yeah, give me advice. It's, it's not giving you advice. It's <laughs> just saying you are so bad at streetwise that if you went down this alley, you would definitely get jumped. Well, what it should say instead is you are dumb enough to head down blind alleys at night. Well, it's it's not that you're dumb. It's just that if you met a guy and you had a good streetwise, you could be like, Yo, what's up, man? I understand what is going on here in this alley, and I could, like, make a cool drug deal with you. Yeah. But if you have no Streetwise, you're going to go down that alley, and that guy's going to be like, Yo, man, you want some of what I got? And you're going to be like, I am sorry, sir. I am on my way to the bank with all of these dollar bills. Uh, please excuse me, sir. I am looking for the exit from the movie theater that is playing the the gay blade of Zorro. <laughs> uh, <I'm laughs> my all- wife and child are with me. <laughs> I have these pearls and this wallet. <laughs> I apologize for being here so late at night. You see, I am awfully wealthy. So goddamn wealthy. From building all the trains you see here in town. <laughs> it's weird that I decided to go down some back alley, <laughs> being that I am ridiculously stupid wealthy. What I should have done is taken my town car back to my large home built above a cave full of bats. <laughs> what I should have done is had Alfred, my butler, who drove me here, drive me back home. <laughs> I am so sorry to inconvenience you, sir. Please have my wallet and pearls. <laughs> And if you would feel the need to shoot me, sir, I understand. Who could blame you? (laughs) Of course. Oh, it's simply the world we live in today. Oh, oh, oh boy, do look at this. (laughs) Boy, please pay attention. (laughs) So anyway, my favorite thing in this game is the build your own perk section. The part where you can build your own like scientific experiment that was used on your character. It's a great idea and it's a much needed thing because one thing about this book is, uh, I'll be honest, it lacks for imagination it, there's only two experiments in the comic book, and wouldn't you know it, there's only two known experiments in the game. Yeah, uh, you think I mean, they would made is, one up. If you want to just say what the least favorite thing is, it's that it sticks to the fucking comic book too much. Nah, my least favorite thing is, well, uh, honestly, this might be also my favorite thing, because of how much I love Schadenfreude when I'm reading these games, is the sec- the begin- the intro, where it's like... We all, here at this company that we work for, love this this comic book series so much, and we spent forever looking for the perfect game system to set it in, and wouldn't you know it, it was the game system we already wrote and had. Yeah, I loved that bit. We're like, <laughs> oh man, what could possibly contain the... The weird, cyber-noir world of Tomorrow Nights. Why, it just so happened, the game we already have could. Anyway, here you go. What could possibly cure my lumbago? Lumbago, you say? Miracle cream. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, my least favorite thing in this is that it adheres too closely to the comics and doesn't create a world around it. It just takes everything that was in the comics and is like, and I guess there's a lot of those instead of one. Well, it just gives you the option. You're like hey, you know how this thing got brought up in the comic book once? Anyway, here it is. Here's the option for this it. which ba- happens in a lot of licensed RPGs. Oh, yeah, let's, let's basically take that same tack when we're looking at back at the Street Fighter RPG by White Wolf, when it was like, hey, if you want to bust into that warehouse full of drugs that Shadaloo has, you will need to fight your way past two Blancas and uh, an E-Honda. Yeah, it's like, oh, no, this room is guarded by two doll seams. And you're like, <laughs> oh, come on. There's a Vega and a T-Hawk in here. Why fucking why though? What is, what, why is this happening? It, the, and also, there's no T Hawk in here because we didn't have the license for Super Street Fighter Two. <laughs> oh no, wait, yes they did. They yeah, had. Yeah, they, did. they did. They did. They specifically we we uh, we mapped it out. They lost the license right before Super Street Fighter Two Turbo because there's no rules for Akuma. Exactly. Yeah, uh, but there is a rule for like you could have two DJs and a cami in the yep. room. Also, the big boss in here is a Faye Long. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> You have that same problem where it's like, well, come up with some new fighting styles, guys. And to to their credit, White Wolf eventually did. Because when you look at the character books for that Street Fighter game, it's like, oh, you can play as a guy who's got a fucking lobster claw. Yeah, you can play as Big Fat Jim, the farmer who has farm <laughs> martial arts. And you're like, all right, sure, <laughs> yeah. fuck it. But this book, because there's no follow-up book or anything, it's just like, hey, you want to play as the guys from the comic? Like, imagine an X-Men game where you could only play as a Cyclops or a Jean yeah, I mean, if they were like, "Hey, we made an X-Men comic book RPG and the only powers in it were laser wings, eyes, <laughs> laser eyes, telekinesis, Alju-cated controlling feet. ice, <laughs> or agility." Yeah, or whatever Beast has right now. It's just, or whatever just go, Beast's deal currently is. What is he some kind of panther right now? It's, Fuck like it. It. it's like a horse looking thing. What's going on with Beast? Let's check. Man, Morrison, what did you do to this guy? You <laughs> you son of a bitch, you fucked him up so you bad. You see that time when you look like a fucking space horse? Oh yeah. What the hell? God damn it. <laughs> quit quit making Beast look weirder and weirder. Hey Beast, why the long face? Well, Grant Morrison. <laughs> <laughs> oh my stars and garters and gross face. <laughs> But yeah, that would, that's what this game would be. If you were playing an X-Men game and your only powers were eye lasers, telekinesis, and telepathy, you can't not have both. Yeah. Wings, ice powers, or educated feet. <laughs> Those are your only powers. Yeah. <laughs> like You need to come up with some more stuff. That's the thing. You need to build the world around the characters. You can't just build the world of the characters and be like, give them different names. Yeah, that is... Man, that is the worst shit when that happens in a a licensed RPG where there's like, all we did was put what was in there and did nothing else. Yeah, so that's my least favorite. What was yours? I mean, that. that. You're saying that too? Because it's the problem of, I can understand if it was something like we got the license to like an X-Men or a Harry Potter or whatever, where if you try and introduce things that don't exist in the world, then the property owner might be fucking pissed at you Mm -hmm. and you would lose it. But Tomorrow Nights is like, this is a comic book that existed 10 years ago and no one knows. 15 years old. It's based on a 15-year-old six-issue run of a black-and-white comic book. Yeah, at that point, you may as well just add in whatever you want. Who cares? Yeah, what are they going to do to you? Oh, I put in some extra guys besides salt and Pepper, Lady Puncher. Like, at that point, if you're like, oh, there's a new battle pod thing or there's a super cool hack... Uh, cybernetic, you can get. You're like, okay, great. Yeah. Uh, the the Polish have invented cyber or er, er, uh, psychic abilities, and they and it's done via implants. <laughs> the Polish have invented chopping their hands off and putting <laughs> missiles on there. <laughs> well, they invented that a long time ago. <laughs> uh, so come to glorious nation of Kazakhstan. Here is town prostitute missiles for hands. <laughs> <laughs> My wife. <laughs> In Kazakhstan, you can play as battle pod pilot, sex ninja, or Jew. <laughs> uh, yeah, the the fact that this does not do anything but allow you to play the characters of Tomorrow Nights is unfortunate. It's, it's a misstep, but you know, it's a short book, so what are you going to do? Yeah. John, would you play this game? I wouldn't want to play this game. I don't think the system is terrible, but I definitely wouldn't want to play in the Tomorrow Night setting. It's a boring setting. I know they thought it was super inventive in 1990, but even then, the moment I started thinking about, like, Cyberpunk Noir and 1990, I was like, "Ah, oh, come on, guys, you weren't the first to this fucking boat. Who are you kidding? Oh, yeah. the And the problem is, they don't do it well, because as far as I can tell from everything that's in here, like... Okay, yeah, corporations are in charge. What did that change? Nothing. Yeah. Absolutely goddamn nothing. Yeah, literally nothing. Everything's still cheap. There's no, like, you live in corporate cities stuff. None of that comes up. None and of the it, usual trappings of corporations have taken over matter. And it didn't, like, conglomerate things into stuff. It was like, oh, there's a, a, like, world corporate government, but you still have the U.S. and Canada and Russia and all of these little countries are still there and have their own government and the fact that there is a united corporation thing in charge of stuff means dick even like like just little examples like for example all the sex techs are called co- they're uh, they're colloquially referred to as marlenas because the fo- most famous one many years ago was named marlena right yeah okay well where did he get that idea gee could it have been the cyberpunk uh, books based on uh, the neuromancer series where the first book has molly the razor girl and by the third book most razor girls are called Molly's? Huh. could it have been from that i don't know Oh wait, yes, definitely. <laughs> oh, because wait, I do of, know. Because all of those came out before 1990. Yeah, in it they're all cyberpunk noir stuff. Yeah, it I it's sad. It's sad that a fairly decent simple system had to be married to this god awful shitstorm of a setting. I don't I don't I don't know if I want to call it god awful. It's certainly uninspired. It's it's super boring and in places real bad and by that i mean in japan it's real bad <laughs> well, it leans way it tacks into the wind on japan i mean i'm also gonna say like russia is also that because it was written long enough ago that they're like Oh, man, they never tore down the wall. And yeah, they're that's like a fun the thing. evil USSR Russia. Yeah, in the far future, the USSR. And you keep going, ah, oh, come on, guys. Come on now. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to be fair, I think the USSR was dead by the time this comic book came out. So that was o- already part of the near future thing. Yeah, it was already weird that yeah. they were like, yeah, man, USSR, fine. It never collapsed. It's still there. Yeah. Like, all right, sure. I'm sure. Uh, okay. Anyway, would you play in this? No. Okay. Just, just no. I mean, I, I would like to see what else they're their revolutionary game system that uh, was perfect, as it turned out, for Tomorrow Nights. What else was made for it? Yeah, I would. I would like to know cause it's like, what fucking m M&M Publishing did. It's a classless, statless system from 1990. So that at least deserves a look to see what else happened here. Yeah, they, there was definitely innovations here. Well, they're from 2000. But from 2005, God damn it! yeah, you're right. There, I mean, even in 2005, that's still fairly decently innovative. I mean, at that point, you're you're not finding too much that's gone to like the whole classless statless everything. Uh, so, you know, they, they, they weren't bad, but yeah, again, just the setting. It's just, it's just garbage. So neither of us would play in this, but would we make characters in it? We absolutely would because we are going to do bonus content. Because we have to. Because we have to for the bonus content. So, uh, that, what that means is if you want to hear us make characters in tomorrow night's All you got to do is already be a subscriber on our Patreon because we closed accepting new subscriptions. Don't even try. Don't go there. Don't subscribe. Why? It's, It's not for you. (laughs) why are you trying to make the people not subscribe i say i've opened it up i've opened the floodgates oh no all of you who are denied now you can join is this against the rules i am gesticulating wildly at the ref (laughs) i'm coming in with a chair (laughs) this is this is flagrantly against protocol i run this business and i say no more donors (laughs) <laughs> dut, 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 dut. I hate that you know what that word is now. I liked it so much better when everyone thought it was Scrappy-Doo. Dapple-Doo. Dapple-Doo. <laughs> All right, so basically, if you would like to support us, go to patreon.com slash systemmastery and give us A lowly dollar or more. One lowly dollar. For the cost of a single dollar per episode, you will unlock the bonus content. And that's just per episode of System Mastery. Keep in mind, we make another 35 goddamn shows. (laughs) Uh, But just for one dollar per episode of System Mastery, you get the bonus content where we make characters in the system we just reviewed. Most of the time, we discover new things in doing this that we missed while reading the book in the first place. Many have suggested that we make the characters first. To which I say, no. To which I say, only those that have paid can find out how dumb we were in our initial assessment. That's correct. That's where all of our corrections and apologies are. But all you have to do is go to patreon.com slash to support us to unlock that awesome content. We got to do one more thing today as well, John. Only one more thing. That's right, because it, we have... It's like Perry Mason. <laughs> Just one more thing. Wait, that's Perry Mason? I thought that was Columbo. No, I don't know. It's Columbo Mason. It's, it's my new mashup. It's my amalgam series of detectives. So he's a detective, but Perry Mason was not a detective. He was a lawyer. Eh. So are we saying he's a lawyer detective? Yeah, he's lawyer detective. Lawyer detective, man. And he just <laughs> needs one more thing. He just needs one more thing out of this witness. Your Honor. <laughs> yeah. Permission to tweet, treat the wi- <laughs> permission to tweet we- this witness. <laughs> He's a hip new millennial judge slash lawyer why slash he, criminal. Why is he Perry Mason then? Perry Mason was like the opposite of hip. Yeah, well, that's it's the new generation. I want him to be like, we got to bring it to the new, the young. Like looking at a sec- sexy witness and being like, your honor, permission to treat this witness to dinner. <laughs> yeah. Is that, that what he does? No, no, it's it's far more millennial. He's like, I'm sorry, but my, my defendant couldn't have been there, for he was eating avocado toast at the time. <laughs> and he Instagrammed it. Look, you can see it's been geocached. And in his very particular filter that he always uses. Ha ha <laughs> Proof. Unfortunately, he sent it via Snapchat, so we'll really have to take it on faith. <laughs> I It's okay. I got screenshots. or it didn't happen, you know. <laughs> oh, man, screenshots. The immediate foil to Snapchat. Yeah. <laughs> the point where they were like, look, Snapchat, you can do whatever, and then it's gone. No, it isn't. Nothing's ever gone. Yeah. All right, so the thing that we still have to do today is introduce a little reading for one of our listeners who has been donating at the $10 level uh, for quite some time, longer than the five uh, donations it took, uh, and he didn't even turn off his donations after we hit the mark. He just wanted us to read, and then he's continuing to support us, apparently. Yeah, so that is, uh, you know, either you can go hit the give $50 and read something button, or like we've had forever and barely anyone uses if you support for at least five episodes at ten dollars an episode we'll read some dumb crap for you so today's reading comes to us from a uh, listener and fan of the show john b who has a uh, a blog he'd like us to promote for him and uh you know what we'll just go now to that
1: the cheese dudes go to war the fans of the system mastery franchise know that while their boys on mic are bringing the fight to the enemy more help is needed Reinforcements pour in on the game design and discussion fronts every day, and none more diligently than the Sergeant Nerd's fine gaming blog. You can find this resource in the Battle Against Evil at sergeantnerd.tumblr.com. Bad game designers tremble under the heavy tread of tanks, boots, and insightful commentary on the development of proud, loyal games for good game players everywhere. Why, even little Johnny is pitching in.
0: I wrote an article on collecting scrap metal to fend off Alignment
1: Axis. (laughs) Ha ha! You sure did, Johnny. Why, let's look now at the most recent articles on this blog. Did you know that the average American consumer doesn't even know most RPGs fail in the simple task of supporting the core vision of their own game? Or that the penalization of players for doing cool things leads to the sinking of our own proud game ships? Sorry, boys in blue. This kind but firm Drill sergeant running things over at sergeantnerd.tumblr.com sure knows his way around an RPG or two, and we trust him to keep up the good fight. Visit sergeantnerd.tumblr.com today. That's sgt-nerd.tumblr.com. Do it today!
0: Otherwise, you can find us at System Mastery or as System Mastery on Facebook, Gmail, Twitter, Reddit, all those places. Send us your suggestions. Uh, send us your requests for other things we should review. Uh, tell us how much you like us. Follow us on Twitter because we're real goddamn close to a thousand, and I want to see real that. Real funny. I want to. Yeah, we are. We're also really fucking funny, and I think you knew that already. So just follow us on Twitter so we can get to that one thousand because I want to get verified. Damn it. I don't even think that's how it works. I think we can't get verified because we both use the account. I think we can't get verified because we're not Nazis. Oh! Oh, Burn, Twitter. (laughs) So, okay. Uh, Follow us on Twitter. Find us on Facebook. All that nonsense. If you don't feel like giving us money on Patreon, just go to our website, SystemMasteryPodcast.com, and click the button that just says, Give Us Some Money, and then do. It's fun and easy. Otherwise, John, you got anything else you want to add? Nope, I sure don't. Well, then we'll see you soon in the bonus content. Happy New Year.